Appreciate that. Uh, you know, it is that time, I guess. Um, it was funny. Uh, um, there was a, There's posts once in a while talking about, you know, pastors or, or things pastors experience. And uh, I think it was Whitney texted me or sent me a picture of that. She said, is, is this really true? You know, all the statistics on pastors and, and what they experience, and what they go through. And I said, yeah, it really is. I mean, you know, it's whether or not or how, wh- how what you do with the challenges that we have. And, uh, you know, any of us are, are going to have opportunity to face challenges no matter what we're doing. If you're parenting, if you're living alone, if you're aging, if you're young, it doesn't matter. You're still going to have challenges. And, and, and that's what I believe the Word of God is so, so, so rich for. You know, I, I live, uh, we've, we've lived and raised our kids or raised our family in the ministry for, you know, been in this 30 years. And, and I, I can tell you that it hadn't always been easy, but God is always faithful. And as long as we remain faithful to God, God is, is, is there to provide, to supply, to encourage, to strengthen. And, and, you know, I've been blessed, like I said, with, with a lot of good people behind me that support me and encourage me and lift me up. But it's, it's that relationship with God that, 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 and that pertains to all of us. So, but uh, before we get into the word, let's let's pray real quickly. Father, we just come before you tonight, and, and Lord, I just thank you that tonight is a, a night that we uh, we just celebrate you, we just honor you, and Lord, I, I thank you for the fact that that I get to minister your word. That Lord, it, yes, there's times it's a it's a weight. Yes, there's there's burdens that go along with it. But Father, it's because of that call that that I do that. And Father, we thank and praise you that within that call there's a, a strengthening. And Father, I thank you that for us as each individual believers, you know exactly where each one of the people listening to the sound of my voice are. And Father God, I pray and I ask that you just open the hearts and the minds of all those that are hearing, that Father, they'd not hear only what I say, but also what you say through me, what you say through your word and, and the principles that we talk about tonight, that the, that the word of God becomes alive and living. That Lord God, I pray that, that they would hear what you would say, Lord God, and we give you the praise, the glory, and the honor for the anointing upon our, the word and upon our hearing to, to receive. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, you know, uh, tonight uh, is uh, just a, an extension of what, what I taught last week. I, w- I want to go to Ephesians chapter 2. I've got two Bibles up here. I've got a book. I've got way more. This is not a big enough podium and, uh, but for what I've got going tonight. But I, I want us to go over here to, real quickly because I want to recap just a couple of things that were important last week. I called this, Everything's About to Change. And you know, I, I believe, and I, I've been criticized before by individuals that said I was too, I, I, I had too much expectancy. You know, I, I don't know where they get that. I don't know what, I don't know what they're thinking about. But I mean, if, if I come to church, I expect to be blessed. If I go in prayer, I expect to hear from God. If I open his word, I expect to receive something. If I give, I expect to receive in return because that's God's promise. If I, if I give of my life, I expect him in, to, to return. And, and you know, here's the thing with, with an expectancy to, to receive. That's why I always ask that question. I started that. I didn't really think about it. I started that one, two. Tuesday night long ago, one of the first Tuesday nights I was here, and I, I asked that question, are you expecting? And, and of course, I always kidded that some of them are going, uh-uh, better not be. Okay, y'all kind of got that joke. It's kind of a poor joke, but, but at least you got it. But, you know, here's the thing. Having that attitude and that mindset makes all the difference in the world. How we see things are, are totally changed and transformed when we understand that I can have a relationship, a personal relationship with the living God. In Ephesians chapter 2, you know, the Apostle Paul was teaching 
people at there in the region of Ephesus, and he, he was writing these letters that would go to circulate to all the churches at that time. And he was preparing them to an understanding of the fact that something was about to change. And in fact, something had changed in the cross and in what Jesus provided. And he said in verse 12, he said, remember, Ephesians 2, verse 12, remember that at that time you were separated from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenant of promise without hope and without God in the world. Man, I tell you what, whenever we share Jesus, when we talk about the Lord, we're not talking about rules and regulations. We're not talking about joining a religion. We're talking about a personal relationship with a God who provides a hope that those without Christ don't have. You know, we can go through circumstances and situations with a different expectation, a different mindset. That doesn't, doesn't equate to no problems. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that once you make Jesus Lord, all your problems are solved. But it means all, everything's different because you're tapped into a source that is entirely different. I got, had an opportunity today to, to share a testimony of, of a, a time where God used me to, for, for healing in, in, a, in a lady's, uh, in this situation with, for this lady. She, was, she had diabetes. There's no circulation in her feet from about uh, mid-calf down. And they were getting ready to amputate her feet. And, and the husband called me. And she didn't even believe. She was mad at the church. She wasn't going to church. But this, this hu her husband did come to church every three times. We, we did Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night church at that time. This was years ago. And, and he came and he was faithful and he prayed and he called me. He says, he says, Pastor Kelly, come and pray with me and agree with me over my wife. And, you know, I taught that series not too long ago about the power of agreement of two coming into to, to agreement. When I got there, I, I showed up, and this was in Little Rock, uh, at the hospital in Little Rock. And I, I got there, and on the way up, I'm just praying. I say, okay, God, you know, what do you want me to pray? I mean, I know the general prayer, God heal him. God let the surgery go well. God let the recover. I mean, you know, the general stuff that you would pray. But I said, God, I want your words specific to this situation. And I walked into that room and with all boldness, I, I leaned down to this woman. She was on pre-op. She was getting ready to be, or she was sedated already about to go to sleep. And I, I leaned down and I said, you're going to walk out of here on your own two feet. Now, I don't know why I said that other than God speaking to me or through me at that time. And, and I looked up the, at the husband and I said, let's pray. We, we was across the bed from her. We grabbed hands and we prayed together in agreement. And, and I prayed in Jesus' name and spoke to the veins and arteries to blood to flow and circulate and, and just did all stuff that, I, you know, it's like, this wasn't me. But I turned around and I just walked out of there. He was going to pre-op. I was done. We'd prayed that prayer. And I walked out of there, and as I got to the elevator, I began to praise God for the end result. Didn't know anything, what, what, how that was going to happen. I just knew what God had instructed me to pray. Now, see, here's, that's the thing. That covenant of promise that they'd been locked out of, he's, he's saying that's the kind of hope that is provided for those who are in Christ, that have accepted Jesus Christ. Does that mean you always get every prayer answered? Ha have I ever prayed for other people and didn't see the, the same results? Yes, I, 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 unfortunately. But I've seen many times because of an expectancy to pray in faith and believe that God has done miraculous things. Many other occasions where God healed someone instantly or maybe progressively over time. 
But here's the thing. We trust God and put it in his hands because there's a hope and a believing that can encourage us. Whenever I, I, I got to the, back to the church, this was before cell phones, and I got back to the church, and, and uh, this man called me. He said, Pastor Kelly, you ain't going to believe this. I said, try me. I probably will. And he said, they got into, into the operation. They pulled back the sheets, and they said, her feet are perfectly fine. They're, all the blood flow is back. They look perfect, and she walked out of there. Now, here's the thing. Here's what, yeah, give God praise. Because, see, here's the thing. That's the expectation that we ought to have where God is concerned. Now, do we always get to pick and choose exactly how he does it? I can't say that we always get to do that. I'd love it. I wish every person I prayed for got those kind of results. I wish I could turn it on and turn it off. I, I would never turn it off. I'd just turn it on, you know. But the thing that we got to have is an expectancy to know that there is a hope in him and in relationship with him that's different than the rest of the world. And, and that's part of what the Apostle Paul was, ch was challenging with. It says here in verse 13, I love this, he says, he says, remember in verse 12, he said, you were once separated, excluded, without hope, without God. But verse 13, first two words says, but now. Oh, I love that. Because but now means, hey, something just changed. That was then, this is now. See, I believe that whenever we give Jesus Christ the, the position and the lordship in our life, you know, you could be, you could have been hurt by church. This woman had been hurt by church. She wasn't out of church because she hated God. She was out of church because of people. Well, unfortunately, people are human. People make, make mistakes. People mess up. Unfortunately, there are people all across, and that's one of the reasons that I, I do this type of church service. Sometimes we get to reach people that, that won't go to a traditional church. I know multiple people that have come into a cowboy church. They've said, we ain't going back to regular church, whatever, whatever regular church is. Why? Because in some cases, there's people there. Well, listen, just newsflash, you can get offended in cowboy church too. <laughs> there's people sitting around you that can do or say something, and you might have been one of them. Anybody ever offend anybody? Not me. No, I'm perfect. No, we've all probably made a mistake. We've done something, said something we wish we could take back. Maybe knowingly or no, most of the time unknowingly. But here's the thing that I know is when we trust and trust our lives to Jesus Christ, there is a but now time, a but now moment. That was then and this is now. And so much of that is put on us that we just have to make a choice to say, God, I'm just going to trust you with my life. I may not understand it. I, I may not always get to, to, to see the, get the results that I want. I, I may not always have it just the way I like it, but I trust a God who knows exactly what I need and will bring it to pass the way it needs to be. You know, I don't always understand some of the things that happen in the lives of people, but I know a God who can pull it all together, who can see things I can't see, and he's got a better plan than I have if we'll just learn to trust him. So I just wanted to challenge you with those remembrances. And, and I talked about last week, what does this change, this making Jesus Lord, bring? And one of the things that it brings is, is us as a new creation. On the inside, we be, we are when we're born again, when we make Jesus Lord, we change. You may not change immediately on the outside. 
But but you change, your spirit man is reborn. You know, you, you ever know somebody who goes forward, accepts Christ, gets saved, and they just are radically changed. I mean, they're just not another day. They're just, they're just you, you never see them have a bad day. You never hear them do the things or say the things that they used to say. All of a sudden, there's this big transformation. And, and boy, I mean, you know, there's just no question they're saved. But you ever have other people? Maybe this would be you. This would probably be more like me. I remember when I gave my life to Jesus Christ after running from God for a few years. I was raised in church, and 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 but but when I really committed my life as about twenty year old young young kid, I said, you know what, God, I'm I'm selling out to you. And you know what, I tried and I worked hard at getting right for God with God. You know, I tried to clean up my mouth. I tried to, you know, quit doing some of the things I used to do. I quit start, you know, trying to quit thinking the things that I used to think. And, and I, I was, I was working hard. I, I just, that's the way I was raised. You work hard. I mean, that's part of it. So I thought, you know, Christian walk life with God had to be part of that working hard too. Well, listen, there is a certain amount of work to it. There is a certain amount of discipline to it. I remember one time as a, as a young man going to this church service and I, I went to up to the prayer time and I said, I want, I went to the man of God was up there, but he was going to pray for people. And, and I went up and I said, God, I want discipline in my life. And he said, well, you want me to use your belt or mine? I said, no, that ain't what I mean. I, I want to be disciplined. I want to be able to pray when I want to pray. I want to not fall asleep when I try to read my Bible. I, I want to want to go to church. I want to not think those thoughts or fail that in those sins. I want to be better. I want to change. And he said, well, listen, get into the word. I don't remember exactly what he told me. He said, but I can't lay hands on you and pray for you. I can't stick discipline on you. That's something that has to be developed. Well, there's, there's a certain amount of work that has to be done in the relationship with, in, in, in your walk with Jesus Christ. But we got to understand it begins in, in, on the inside. We're a new creation. But see, here's the thing. The devil loves to hone in on everything that is less than new that still holds on to the old. He loves to take us back to a place that, that says, well, but the only kind, the only time we want to allow that, that to be part of our statement is with the, but now, and every time you begin to think, well, I'm not good enough, or you begin to think, well, I can't quite get there, or you begin to ask questions of why you also need to go back to this, but now in Christ Jesus, going on in this verse 13, you who were once a far, far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. You know, whenever we make Jesus Lord, one of the changes that, may, that, that is made is our spirit man's born again. But we have to make that choice and decision that we're going to believe God. You know, I've never said it quite like that, but this just hit me that sometimes we're, we're Believing God where salvation is concerned, but can you and will you believe God where the rest of his word is concerned? He said, but now you've been brought near, but now the blood of Christ is enough. But now we need to realize something. We need to begin to see ourselves, as I talked about a few weeks ago, as, as in Christ Jesus, receiving and walking in what God has promised, what God has provided you, you, uh, 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 the other thing that happens is, is that all of a sudden, whenever we begin to give our life to Jesus Christ, there becomes a, a boldness. I, I want us to turn to 2 Corinthians. That, that other verse was 2 Corinthians 5, 17. But let's look at 2 Corinthians uh, uh, verse th chapter 3. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, the, I, I haven't taught 
through the book of First uh, and Second Corinthians, but this this chapter, this in Second Corinthians, um, in chapter three, I love this here in verse twelve. It says, "Therefore, since we have such hope, what hope?" It's, it's the hope of what he was just talking about over there in Ephesians. The hope of, of being in Christ Jesus. He says, therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. You see, that's something else that comes with the change that is in Christ Jesus, is there begins to be a boldness. Now listen, boldness can be used in a lot of different ways. Boldness can, can give us confidence to share our faith. Boldness can, can, be, can, can help us to minister to someone else. But here's the thing I, I want you to see is there needs to be a boldness to come before God with an honest heart that says, God, here I am. In all my glory and all the lack thereof. <laughs> here I am just as I am. And you know what? God loves you just like you are. God loves you where you're at on the way to where you're going. He's not necessarily going to leave you there, but he, he sure loves you enough to, to provide you and give you that ability to grow into, into who he would have you to be. You know, in this, in this passage, uh, he talks about, he says uh, in verse uh, uh, 13, he says, we, we are not like Moses who would put a veil over his face to prevent the Israelites from seeing the end of what was passing away. But their minds were made dull for, for to this day the same veil remains over the Old Testament or over Old Covenant as, it, as is read. It has not been removed, talking about the veil, because only in Christ is it taken away. Even to this day, when Moses is read, the veil covers their hearts. But notice this in verse 16. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. What's he talking about? The, the ability to see God in all he's done and what he's provided. The, the, all the doubt, all the confusion, all the difficulty, with it, all those things begin to be lifted when we understand we're in Christ and we begin to receive and, 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 and uh, have the, the benefit of the help of the Holy Spirit. And you know what? Within that, when we begin to understand what He's provided and who we are in Him, I tell you what, it begins to give us a boldness to not only talk about Him, more importantly, in the beginning, it gives us the boldness to enter into his presence, to come before him. I remember as a, as a young man trying to trying to walk this walk out and trying to figure out how to how to live a life for God. You know, I was working around a bunch of cowboys working, you know, in the, in a, a rough enough group of guys that there was a whole lot of things going on that wasn't Christian. And so the ability to, to live and work in that environment and be caught up in it at times and then come and, and, and feel comfortable praying. Do you ever, do you ever allow the, the enemy, devil, will work any, any angle he can? Do you ever, does he ever try to, try to hold you out of coming into God's presence? In other words, you feel like I'm not good enough. I shouldn't be doing this or I've sinned. And all you can hear, all you can feel, all you can think about is all the wrong you did. But see, here's the thing. When we've made Jesus Lord and we're in, in Him, when we begin to, re, and when we receive the blood of Christ to cover our sin, we can start to and begin to have a boldness to come into God's presence. Not because we're right, not because we're good enough, but because of the grace that is provided that enables us to be right with Him through forgiveness, through what the cross has provided. 
You know, there's one of those things that removes that sin. It's 1 John 1, 9. He says, confess your sin, and he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You know, I, you don't have to have the question mark of, well, God, am I, <laughs> well, you know, God, uh, I hate to tell you this, God, but I sinned today. Is he surprised? No. He saw you. He, he knew. But yet, what does he do? He loves you anyway. He's like, okay, let's get in here and let's deal with it. And, and how does he handle that? He throws it as far as the east is from the west. He, he remembers it no more if we repent, truly repent before God. He says he cleanses us, or he forgives us, first of all, 1 John 1, 9, forgives us, and then he cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Did you hear that word all? That's all. It, he, he cleanses us from it all. And what does that then, should that give, then give us? A boldness and a confidence to come to the throne room of, of God. I believe that's he, uh, Hebrews chapter 4. He says we should have, there, there's a couple of different places where he talks about having boldness and confidence. He says we, we can come boldly into the throne of grace to obtain mercy and help in time of need. Wow, what a, what a powerful verse of Scripture. But see, here's the thing. We can't do that in ourselves. When we try to do that in ourselves, it, be, it would have been like me going into that, that ho hospital room to pray for this lady where, where I had no boldness, no confidence, no leadership of the Holy Spirit. All I was doing was going in as a pastor. I'm supposed to go in and pray. And so I just go in there and just give, a, I just give something. It would have had no power. But when I had the direction of the Lord and His instruction, then there was a boldness that came that was entirely different. And you know what? That comes partly because we got, but when that comes when we understand what we received in the cross, what we received in salvation, what change took place that began there. The other thing that we see here is that, that and I talked about it last week, so I won't spend much time on it, but we talked about freedom. That's 2 Corinthians 3.17. I love this. He, he says, now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom or some Bible say liberty, man, there's freedom, freedom to do what freedom to live however I want to. I want freedom. To no, that's not what he's saying. He's saying freedom to come before God, freedom to live in a state of not being perfect, still being a work in progress but still having a relationship with a living God. I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of people not in church because they think the church, whether or not it's true, because they think the church is trying to hold them to a standard that's un, unattainable, a standard that, that they're not even, you know, we, we none of us quite get there. You know, I, I think there's, there's some people who, who hold out because of that. But I can tell you that when, when we understand that in and of, or in that place of grace, that place of change, that, that place of freedom, to know that God, in the, in the midst of the process, while, I, while you're still perfecting me, while you're still creating in me change, while you're still helping me to, to overcome these areas of my life that I don't like and I want to get better in, that you can still come boldly into the throne of grace to obtain mercy and help in time of need. You know, what does Romans 8, 1 say? It says, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That's the freedom he's talking about, tying into this verse, is that freedom comes as a result of knowing a God who loves us, 
that, that freedom to come in, even in the midst of, of him transforming and changing our lives. And that, that's what it gets into in verse 18. He says, and we all with, the, with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is, who is the Spirit. He says, man, you're going to be transformed you know, I said it last week, and it ties into that Romans chapter 12, verse 2, being transformed over time. H have any of you arrived yet? H have any of you gotten perfect yet? I mean, you know, no, no, we're not, we're not quite there. Some of us are a long ways from there, whatever, whatever there is. But I can tell you this, that we're, if, we're, if we're entrusting our lives to Jesus Christ, and if, or if we will, He'll begin to transform us. He'll begin to knock off, start off with knocking off the rough edges. He'll begin to erase the things that are, that are holding us in bondage. He'll, he'll begin to give us a, an, a new outlook and understanding, perspective on life, on our relationship with God. We can see things we've never seen before. Whenever we begin to get into that place uh, of, of what has changed. Well, you know, as, as we get ready to wrap this, my part up here tonight, um, there was one more thing. There, there was another thing that I, I began to, to look at here. That, that in Let's look at uh, chapter 4, verse 7. We'll just jump ahead to that. Skip some of this other. Verse 7, it says, But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. Apostle Paul there in Second uh, Corinthians chapter four verse verse seven he he just he just lays it out there and he says we have this treasure this treasure of the grace of God the treasure of the love of God the treasure that the cross is he says we we hold it in fallible human beings we are we're clay pots we're we're not some of some of some of you a little cracked I'm I'm gonna put me no I'm just kidding we're we all got a little we, we all got a little imperfection right but he says. We hold this, but here's, here's what, to show this all-surpassing power, meaning in spite of us, in spite of our failures, the all-surpassing power of God not, not, is not from us. We are, we are hard-pressed on every side. Check this out. Hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. You ever feel hard-pressed? You ever feel pressed on every side? I've, I've been there. I understand. I, I was talking. Our oldest daughter's from that beautiful girl sitting up there by my mother-in-law is my oldest daughter Kelsey, and she's in here from New York City. I got to spend some time visiting with her this morning, and and, and we were talking about some of the times, and, and and we were talking about one period of time where we lived in Tulsa, and, and it was a very difficult struggle for Sue and I. But she said, "Man, I got says that's some of the best memories. I mean, that's some great memories I have." She had no clue that we were pressed on every side. But here's the thing, we weren't crushed. That's what God was doing. God brought us through those things. He goes on, he says, he says, struck down, but not destroyed. See, there's times when we're going we're gonna to have things that will hit us in life that, that strike us down. But what's, what's the Psalms say? He says, fall down seven, get up eight. Just keep getting up. Keep trusting in God. Keep pushing forward. He says, Verse 10, he says, we're always carrying around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our bodies. 
For we who are alive are always being given over to the death of Jesus so that the life may also be revealed in our mortal bodies. So then death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. He says, it is written, I believe, therefore I speak, that since we have this same spirit of faith, that we, are, we also believe and therefore speak. Because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with him to himself. All this is for your benefit that the grace that is reached more and more people may cause thanksgiving to the overflow of God. Now notice verse 16. I'll close with this. This verse 16 is pretty amazing. He says, therefore we do not lose heart. All the things that Paul went through, all the things that were the challenges for those early, all the things that, that we can experience, he says, lose heart. I'm, I'm very fortunate in that I'm very blessed to have a, a wife stood with me through all those different times where, where it was very difficult, where there was challenges, where in, at, at times it didn't look like we could make it. We were feeling all the pressures all around us, but we stood together, trusting. And I give this, that if you'll allow God to be in the middle of, of your relationships, you put, put God, continue, enable you to trust together with Him. I'm going to tell you what, God can be, turn all these things around. You see, the, the title of this is Everything's About to Change. Well, I can tell you this. Everything's about to change as a result of us surrendering our lives to Jesus Christ. You, you may have already been born again. You may have made Jesus Lord at some point. But there's a difference whenever you, you determine to align yourself with Jesus Christ. Do a morning Bible study and and uh, on Facebook Live and I've, I record it now. So I've, I've trimmed it way down. I've been there for a while on Ministries Facebook. And one of the things that's track is talking about getting on track with God and staying. You know, so you may have diverted. You you, you may have been, been if you've come to church or, or or really thought about this for. A long, a long time. I don't know all of you. I don't know where your situation is. You could have been Tuesday night at that crossroads, that point where you say, Lord, I want to align myself with you. I want to, I want to make that choice and decision so that everything can begin to change. It would be fairly good. They could be horrible. Let's turn them around. Let's allow them to go, us to go to God. Let's, let's go before Him in prayer. Father, we just come before you tonight, and, and Lord, we just thank you and we praise you that, that you are a God who, who provides us opportunity to come to you. Lord, you, you died on a cross. You died for us to enable us to not just join a church, not join in a religion, but gain a personal relationship with the living God. Father, I pray that if there's anybody here within the sound of my voice, either watching or, or with us, that, Lord, tonight they, they, they're not real sure that they've made Jesus truly Lord. And they want to settle that issue. They want to say, tonight, I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to acknowledge Jesus as my Lord. The Bible says that if we'll confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus is the Christ and that God raised him from the dead, that we can be saved. Father, I just pray that you just stir in each and every one who, who would be here tonight that needs to pray that prayer or is watching. So, Lord, as everybody's got their heads bowed and, 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 and they're in prayer, I just ask that if there's anybody who pray with me, I'm not going to call you out, but I'm going to pray a prayer. If you need to make Jesus Lord, you're not sure, raise your hand real quick or acknowledge me. Look at me. Everybody good? Let's pray together this prayer just in case. It's very simple to make Jesus Lord. You say, dear Heavenly Father, I thank you that 
Jesus died for my sins. And Lord God, I ask you to become my Lord. Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me and make me whole. Save me. Forgive me. Be my Lord. And Father, for anybody who is in this place who maybe they, they've been saved, but they, they hadn't been with God, who hadn't been in a close relationship, I thank you, Lord, that there's a, a way to re- be restored. And that is simply to say, Father, forgive me. Lord, I'm placing you now on the throne of my life to be my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, I didn't have you repeat that prayer, but if you prayed that in your heart, God knows. If you prayed that in your heart, there's, there's something that's, that's very powerful. And I'm not always this serious. I'm, I was fairly serious tonight. But I'm always sincere and serious about the presence of God. Because if there's one thing I know is this is not just fun and games. It's life and death. And when we make Jesus Lord of our life, we just did something that can, can bring and cause change in our lives. So, so if you need prayer tonight, you guys can go ahead and come.